Oh shit, it's recording. Hey podcast, what is going on tonight? It's a little bit late. It is actually 3.50 in the morning. Um, I just drank a bang, a bang, B-A-N-G, energy drink, and we took our medicine, and it's just me tonight, and I just felt like talking. Uh, I'm not sure about what, but I feel like I'm funny right now, and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to talk, so... What is going on tonight? Currently, we're watching uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Great show on Philadelphia. Philadelphia, whatever the fuck. It is on uh, FX. I don't... I don't know. Is that like a TV station? FX? I thought they made movies. They're a little all over the board. All right, but... I just got this new robe from one of the co-hosts, uh, Aaron. It is gorgeous. I absolutely love it. Um, and it's really soft, and it has strings that I play with, and I feel like a fucking cat rolled up in a ball of yarn right now. But yeah, the, um... <laughs> Excuse me. The medicine was a bit rough. Whoa. My phone's having a seizure right now. I'm recording on my phone, so if it sounds a little fucked up, then that's what it is. Oh, pardon my French. I'll try not to say anything bad tonight. Has been a history of my past. Oh, I got some water. I still don't have to pee, thank God. I am currently reading. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's what that feels like right now. But let's talk fucking books. Let's talk books. Hold up. I would... Oh. Here's the issue. My phone is at low power mode. And if I want to switch it so it's not on that. Because then in my settings I said it's where my phone never turns off. But I swipe out and this bitch, like, my entire screen goes black. So I think I just have to record and kind of multitask and, like, tap the screen. Because I don't know if I can let my... Uh, we'll just see what happens, you know, maybe I'll just let it stop recording. Um, but, um, let's talk fucking books. I just recently read the, let me turn this down. Poor children out there, bitches in the back can't hear. They, like, turn that shit down, the fuck you think? Alright, so, I just recently read, um, the out, I don't know what it's called, I think it's called the Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis, it contains of Out of the Silent Planet, Paralandra, and um, That Hideous Strength. I loved it. It was really one of my favorites. But I would love to talk about Paralandra. I just think that book is so interesting because it depicts Venus as like a second Earth. And um, it's sort of like... Fuck. There's, like, there's an Adam and Eve there, and then instead of them not being allowed to eat the fruit, then they're not allowed to live on an island that is, like, it's sort of like a continent, because all of the islands that they live on, like, move with the waves and the oceans and shit, because that's, like, a thing, and, um, and, yeah, and so they go to the continent, and it's just, like, immediate... The way C.S. Lewis writes is very poetic, and there's definitely an immediate contrast, and it's felt by... the it's So, the setup of Paralandra is Dr. Ransom, who is the main character from the first book. He was sent by um, the... sort of the rulers of the planets, but they're more like the angels, like the archangels that watch over the planets. He was sent by the one that watches over Mars to go to Venus, or what it really is called, Paralandra, because something is about to happen there. And what he finds out when he gets there is the thing that was about to happen that was bad was the devil, which is is Earth's um, archangel, apparently, in the books. He possesses one of Ransom's kidnappers from the first book. His name is Dr. Weston. I believe. And so Weston, being possessed by the devil, tries to tempt the Eve of Paralandra, which they call her the Green Lady, 
because she has no name. I mean, obviously. And so they try and tempt her by um, making her live on the... The devil tries to make her live on the fixed land, is what they call it, the continent. Whereas Ransom tries to tell her to obey the commandment not to live there. And I think it was just really interesting because... I mean, we think of it as, like, the devil obviously is super persuasive. And that's why he persuaded Eve and Adam, um, in turn, social pressure or whatnot, whatever the fuck happened there. Who gives a shit? Ancient history now. But it was really nice to see it from a perspective where there was a a third party involved, where it wasn't one person. Because you could clearly see if Ransom wasn't there, then the devil would have won. If dev- if the devil wasn't there, Ransom would have won. You know, the the green lady was absolutely freshly born. Um, does like she's never even known sin. So, for Ransom coming down, it's like, uh, what do I? How do I say it? It was like an entirely whole different experience for her because she is like talking to someone who has years further experience than she does and knows way more about the world because it's I don't know it's just a hard thing to wrap your mind around trying to get into the mindset of someone who has never lived with the idea of sin or the idea of anything evil in the world and lives in like a naive happiness sort of and so ransom so let's get um let really into my my favorite part the devil's argument for the fixed land making the green lady live there is because she got separated by from adam and this is apparently what happened in on earth too that our own adam and eve got separated and so the devil got to eve while she was by herself that's what's happening right now and eve or the green lady i should say of paralandra She's kind of going around from island to island, just sort of making her living. And she does want to find Adam again, but she knows that in the right time, she will find him. And she knows that she's not allowed to live on the fixed lands, but everywhere else is fine. And so Ransom's argument for her as to why not to live there is because it was a commandment that um, they call God Maliadil. M-A-L-E-L-D-I-L Maliadil, I don't know I'll just call him God Well, it's because They should, God only wants Happiness for them Like as his servants or His creations And that through obeying his commands Simply because he knows Better than you and he's like Giving you this commandment for your own good You should find happiness Through that, through serving him And obeying him and it does pan out in the book. I do. The book obviously has very highly um religious overtones that help structure the entire book. But spoiler warning for the end of the book, um, obviously Ransom wins, and it turns out that like the fixed lands is actually where Adam and Eve are going to live as sort of gods, because I don't I don't really know how to explain it. They start to have kids and populate the world. But they are on this very high mountain. It's almost above the clouds in this sea of flowers. And Ransom just fought the devil. And Adam and Eve just got there and they got married. The Adam and Eve of Paralandra, of course. And so um, they all spend one night there. And then Ransom wakes up. And then he looks down and sees like a bunch of animals and stuff. And sees it really populated. And he's extremely confused and then the two the pair tells him that I don't know for some reason they actually slept about a year on Venus's time instead of like um just a normal day and then Ransom leaves and blah 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 but back to the argument so that's why Ransom is trying to convince her but the devil through Weston tries to convince her that Adam it'd be easier to find Adam well, they call him the king. There's a green lady and then the king, Adam and Eve. I'll use, I've been using those terms interchangeably. Just catch up, the fuck? It's not my job to catch you up. If you don't understand, then maybe uh, laugh or get enlightened because none of my thoughts make sense. 
All right, so, so the devil's um, thing was he needs to... So he was going to try and get her to go to the fixed land because it'd be easy... Because instead of going from floating island that moves with the ocean around to wherever the fuck, the fixed land's always going to stay in one spot and it'd be easier for Adam to find her. And she kind of ponders this and she's like, yeah, that makes sense. And then he was like... Then his next argument was, if God created you and then gave you this commandment, maybe his intention was for you to break it so that you can surpass him. Like a creator at so much can only nurture you and then he has to let you go off into the world and you have to make your own experiences. And so it was sort of like a test is what he was trying to explain it. And then what he was trying to do was set up the idea of vanity in her mind. Um, at first he, I think they killed a bunch of animals and they skinned them and they made them fur. Like that he made a dress or like a coat or something for the green lady and she really liked it. And Ransom was opposed because everyone on Paralandra was naked. I mean, it was like a, a Garden of Eden type situation here we're talking about. And so, um... And then somehow Weston also has like a pocket mirror and he gives it to the green lady and she's never had a mirror. She's never seen herself. And she looked at herself once and then Weston was like, well, why don't look at the mirror again? You know, take a take a look at yourself. And she was like, well, why would I do that? I've already seen myself once. Why would I overindulge in this and ruin the like the the moment, ruin the um the whatever just happened which is um that whole ideal right there is really further explained in the first book out of the silent planet it's about um basically god providing for all of us and not overindulging because when you overindulge then you oversaturate the moment and it becomes to become or it becomes meaningless to you instead of it savoring in your mind as you start to remember it a good argument but then again um i'm gluttonous so i'm not gonna listen to it i mean plain and simple but so he starts trying to set up an idea of vanity in her mind and then ransom learns from this and what i thought was this is probably like my favorite part when he starts setting up an image in her mind of herself then um when she has that image the devil can start knocking it down and then he can start instilling fear into stuff into her and ransom was like shit i'm lying back here while he basically is uh like directing and watching a play unfold in her mind the devil was not ransom but um yeah eventually she i think Here's what happened. So Ransom was like, they had been arguing for several days, going back and forth, the devil trying to persuade the green lady, and then he would annoy Ransom. Just like childish things, like say his name over and over again, and then when Ransom would say what, he wouldn't respond. You know, stuff like that. Childish devil play, but... And so it ended because ransom was having a dream or something of that caliber you know they kind of have visions or people come into them and a little bit mystical and so during one of these dreams or occurrences he was thinking in his mind he was like why would god send me down here to do this work like he should have came down here himself who am i and then he realizes that he is god's sort of representative here as weston is the devil's representative although it really is the devil god's just less he trusts his beings more and then um on that note there's also another reason why like god and all these archangels who are actual characters and the devil kind of come into play And out of the silent planet, it does explain the whole setup of the universe. If you do want to read Paralandra, if any of this is interesting, I highly recommend reading the first book as it does um, set up a lot of the the, um, surrounding universe and the existing rules there as Paralandra adds on to them and then eventually kind of preambles into what that hideous strength 
um, is supposed to be. It That Hideous Strength, the third and final book, really does wrap up the trilogy, I think. But back to Paralandra. So Ransom realizes that he is God's representative, and then he was like, could it really be as simple as just killing him, as like killing Weston, killing the possessed man? And then he woke up the next day and finally came to the, like, understanding that that's simply put what he had to do. And um, when he figured this out, God um, sort of helped him out because the devil would never sleep in Weston's body, which made it difficult for Ransom kind of to act. And so God put everyone but Ransom on the island they were currently on into sleep including the devil and so that's how ransom sort of got the jump on him and then that's how the book um sort of takes uh carries on and then it goes from there to ransom ransom um eventually going up the mountain going to the the king and the green lady's wedding or their their marriage ceremony whatever the fuck they called it and then meeting the Oyarsas, which are the archangels, rulers of the planets, Paralandra, Malacandra, which is Mars, which is out of the silent planet. I need to shut up. I'm confusing you. Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about that hideous strength. I would say it was a very good book. I do enjoy it, but it was, um, um, I don't, uh, I feel like it had, it I don't want to say this. I feel like C.S. Lewis is going to come for me, but I kind of think he's dead. He's not alive, is he? I don't want to piss anyone off, but I think that he spaced out Paralandra and Malacandra better than how he spaced out um, that hideous strength. I feel like that hideous strength um, really came wrapped up in those final two or three chapters. Like, on the back cover of the book it explains that Merlin there's like a rumor that he's around or something and that he's offering aid to people I didn't understand Merlin whatsoever I don't think his inclusion was necessary what's like at all and I think that the book would have done a lot better without him and then I don't remember if I read this in the preface or not or if it was somewhere in the book but C.S. Lewis says that it was his first time, I think, trying to write a fantasy book. And I think that definitely shows because he does excellent character work. I'm not going to lie to you. He really portrayed the characters of Mark, Jane, I think, what's his name, Wither, uh, Hardcastle, and, um, oh, God... I can't remember. The people all at St. Anne's. He portrays the main characters extremely well, especially Mark and Jane over everyone else, for sure, for certain. But I I don't know. I do... It's, it's a hard one because the I'm going to spoil that hideous strength a little bit. So there's this institution called Nice, and they're run by the devil... And their whole, the whole entire setup of the series is Earth is ready to start kind of expanding. It's like, like the humans on Earth are ready to take the next step of evolution. They want to become mechanical, sort of like cyborgs who can live forever. And then everyone else who's not that will become the lower step, like underneath them. And then they will become like, like cattle. Like, conscience humans will become more of, like, underbeings. Like, think about how regular people own um, farm animals. That's what people would be for these new evolution. And this institution's run by the devil, but you don't really realize that. It's They say it's run by the head, and then the head... Also, I didn't understand... Can anybody help me out? Why would the head demand more heads at the end of it? I don't understand why it wanted to kill people at all. I didn't understand why the devil wanted to kill people. I thought he was team nice. It didn't make sense to me. But, and then on the opposite hand, there's Ransom's group at St. Anne's. And Jane has the ability to see into the future. She just got it. She thought they were nightmares. And then Ransom tells her it's not. And then, long story short, 
Ransom and his crew find Merlin through Jane's vision. Jane's vision. I think I said that right. And so now here's the weird thing. Merlin comes up. He's asking who's the pen dragon of Logris or something like that. And Ransom says it's him. Arthur, or Merlin knows what he's talking about, blah, blah, blah. And so what happens is the Oyar says, and I believe Maliadil himself, come down and speak with Ransom and Merlin alone. And they give Merlin power. Merlin goes and kills everyone at the Nice and frees all of the prisoners. I think Mark escapes while this is happening. But... Yeah, because it was, it was a good scene. And then Merlin just disappears after that. It, and once he was possessed with great power from the Oyarsas, or the Archangels, the rulers, they're like, they're servants to God, basically. He just, um, he just, he stopped talking. He had no personality. And even before, his personality wasn't, I, uh, the issue is they found Merlin maybe two or three chap like f- maybe four or five chapters, I should say, before the end of the book. So I felt like Merlin was supposed to be the big setup and that both of the teams were supposed to be looking for them when in reality it was only sort of Ransom's team. Nice, the institution chose the location of where they were at solely because of um, Merlin supposedly being there, but he was mainly put on the back burner because they actually, they more so wanted Jane for her power because they knew she was like a sightseer or could see the future. But I'm not really going to talk about the ending because it really kind of was shit. I mean, let's be for real, at the end of the book, all of the animals just kind of came around and had no, like, they all just kind of procreated. And it was really, I mean, it was weird because that's what they would do on the other planets because they were watched over by the archangels and still in the gods' good grace. But when the devil turned his back against God and turned our planet into like a fallen planet, had Eve, um, you know, commit a sin and then had all of sin on humanity and whatnot, we were sort of shut off from the other planets. And I would think that our nature would, like, as thus, would have changed as well. But, so, also a little bit on that. They said that God punished the the devil because of his action and bound him to Earth. And said, we won't interfere as long as you don't leave Earth and the moon. And... What happened was, uh, Weston, before he was possessed in the first book, him and his partner kidnapped Ransom and took him to Mars, or what it's called, it's Malacandra. And there, I think after they left, the devil may have crept aboard the ship, or it was just the humans leaving or something. But them leaving the atmosphere broke that truce. So then the devil was kind of set free, and then God was able to intervene. And through this, he was like, I'm going to right the wrongs that the devil has done. And so it just took a little bit of time. But throughout it, they're just trying to say that even though it's going to take time, God will fix the mistakes. You just have to be willing and obedient and trust him. Which is a little bit of shit, because think about all the people that have suffered on Earth. But then again... You know, in the end, did, like, does the end justify the means? Who knows? But as for that hideous strain, the best part about that book was Nice. And it was super hard to read that book, I'm not going to lie, because Nice was very casually dehumanizing people. And the main character, Mark, was uh, just as casually agreeing with them. And it's because he sort of finds out towards the end when he's doing, like, some sort of training of whatnot to assimilate into the group and become a potential candidate for, like, this new evolution. He realizes that he never really does anything for himself that he enjoys. He is always um, doing whatever someone else wants. 
and it's kind of shown throughout this book now that I look back and think upon it because he was um what's the word <coughs> because he oh god this episode's funny of silly it's mac oh my god it's not the mac part the mac and charlie part that's funny it's the oh this i think this is when dennis d and frank do a podcast jesus christ okay but it was shown throughout the book because uh mark was casually going along with calling um just people who weren't going to be in this next evolution uh not even human like subhumans almost he was okay with casually like removing an entire town to divert or like diverting a water source from an entire town that's been there for generations uh casually evicting almost everyone from the town that his wife lives in so that nice can build stuff there casually going along making false police reports like he um created a false riot i think they had a riot planned and they created that so that nice could get more leverage so nice had their own police force and they were like we need to create a riot to show tension in the town that we are currently in so that way they'll um give um they had someone who was like in the government also in nice so they're like they'll give him emergency powers and then through him he'll be able to increase the police force so that way the police will be used throughout the entire place and then they'll have pretty much have the entire town on lockdown so they can do whatever the hell and mark was just fine with it he helped them write papers he helped them fake the everything and it was i loved it i really it was just such a hard read it was very like very casually they all thought that they were above everyone else um it, it was just hard to swallow hearing people talk like that i'll just say that but i mean in the end of the day it, they were run by the devil and it definitely showed throughout their character they would constantly comment on how the head like the director not the head but the director wither was extremely cold like almost lifeless never sleeps and then sometimes they'd walk in and he would like barely recognize them he'd be staring off into the distance and like out of nowhere overall i'm gonna shut up about this i've literally been talking for half an hour it was a great great book series i know you guys don't like reading but i love reading i've gotten back into it recently i'm pretty sure i have adhd because i hop from this shit to that shit and i've read six or seven books this past month well past two months uh not to blow my own whistle but i think that's pretty good (sighs) another good book to read a book series would be dune by frank herbert i just finished children of dune i'm not gonna lie to you guys space it out when you read the series because it took me months to finish children of dune It had the same issue that Dune did, but it was worse. It was just so boring. And then they always wrap it up at the end. And when I say this, I say it with a light heart because I really do enjoy, uh, I really enjoy Dune. It's one of my favorites. And then Children of Dune had some amazing parts. I love seeing Leto, Leto the second, um, surpass his father, Paul, Paul Mawadib. It was very, I loved it. Um, spoiler, BTW. And it's almost 4.20, so let me get, uh, the medicine. Uh, excuse me. But, um, I'm, actually, I'm gonna go camping with, uh, my, our co-host and then some more friends. We might do a podcast out there, I hope so. It, it would be so much fun. And I'm planning on reading, oh, shit, he's still up. Lit. And I'm planning on reading, uh, the next book in the, in the series of six. It's called God Emperor of Dune. I've heard amazing things that it's probably the best out of all of them. I'm 420, happy, 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 happy. A little stuck in the iron there, but hold up. stuff oh 
Let me get some water. Why not? I can't. Here, let me read you the plot synopsis. Oh. Oh, I thought it was going to be funny. Now I'm just boring. Alright. So, one of the main... So, Dune is kind of like a... It's a space book, so there's multiple planets. And the main planet that the solar... Or the galaxy sort of relies on is called Dune. But it's actually called Arrakis. And so, it just... Here, let me read it. Millennia have passed on Arrakis... And the once desert planet is green with life. Leto Atreides, the son of the world's savior, the emperor Paul Moadib, is still alive, but far from human. Oh my god. Oh my god, a breath. To preserve humanity's future, he sacrificed his own by merging with a sandworm, granting him near immortality as god emperor of Dune for the past 3,500 years. Leto's rule is not a benevolent one. His transformation has made not only his appearance, but his morality inhuman. A rebellion led by Siona, a member of the Atreides family, has risen to oppose the despot's rule. But but Siona is unaware that Leto's vision of a golden path for humanity requires her to fulfill a destiny she never wanted or could possibly conceive. I do know... I, I'm such a bad spoil. Literally, any single time I see something, I'm like, oh, I know I'd want to figure it out for myself, but let's let someone else spoil me because there's like an hour-long video and I'm bored. So I kind of know how that book ends, and I'm going to guess that Siona rebels and then Leto, or Leto saw that, and he foresaw it, and he's glad that it's happening because then humanity's going to want to separate I'm not going to talk about that book. I haven't read it yet. (sighs) Let's just... Let's just catch some oxygen. I've been talking my brains out. Okay, so what else is there? Uh, I've been reading Brave New World. I'm not going to comment yet. Although I... kids engaging in sexual activity and they're like it seems so normal i'm surprised that ancient civilizations or whatever the fuck they call us uh haven't done that that was strange but i'm not gonna watch the tv show don't make me fuck that you know what the fuck is peacock like nobody uses that let's be honest but i'm a little interested in it uh before that i read we by Yevgeny Zamayatin. It's a Russian author, I believe. I butchered his slash her name, as I'm not sure, but that's okay. And it was, it's like inspiration for 1984 by George Orwell, and I really enjoyed that. I highly recommend that book. It's a, it's an easy read. Easy if, I don't want to sound rude, but easy if like you passed high school even maybe maybe not there's definitely it's definitely like okay like i i definitely did not understand half the some of the shit in there and i just think that's normal with any book you're ever gonna read that's like written eloquently and then um what else i've read hard times by charles dickens i really enjoyed that i thought I'm not going to lie to you guys. I thought part three, where Sissy Jupe comes back and kind of saves everything, was re-fucking-diculous. I understood that she was going to have importance because um, she had, like, emotions and stuff, whereas... Oh, I don't even know the other girl's name. The daughter of the the teacher dude, the main guy. Um... Well, his daughter comes and bursts out saying, I have no emotions. I feel completely lost and confused. I feel like a helpless child. There's nothing in here where it's supposed to be. You took that out of me. And Sissy was supposed to be like a foil to the family, whereas she was never factual. They were always factual. And I I, I could definitely see that she was going to come and kind of save them. But I just thought that her saving like fucking everyone, like now she's over here with Rachel like I don't even remember when they explained how Sissy knew Rachel 
And I was like, why is she even with Rachel in the first place? What is Sissy fucking doing with Rachel? And then Rachel. I didn't understand Rachel all that well. I don't understand why they... I think the only reason Rachel was in there was to make Stanley's story more tragic. Because they were both represented the poor class. Um, Because Hard Times had some social uh, classism in it. And so they both represented the poor class. That social classism, Jesus Christ. I hope that is the right thing to say. But they both represented the poor um, margin in society. And that's why they constantly got shit on. And that's because... I mean, what did... Was it even Stanley? Was it Stanley or was it something else? Well, Stanley is what we're going to call him. Um, he didn't do anything wrong. All he did was speak up at the meeting saying, I don't see why we should unionize. I think that, um, this dude is just working us up into a frenzy to, um, further his own goals, which he was. And then he said that he didn't, um, they blamed him for robbing the bank, which he did not do. He left town, which made him look more suspect, but really it's because he couldn't work anywhere since the union men were shutting him out. And it was just a con- and then... Rachel, who is his love interest and said she would give anything for him, uh, ends up, but like when she sees him, he's on his dying breath and he only has a a couple of words to say to her before he dies and she ends up taking care of his wife. Like, that's because of how much she was in love with him, but I mean, all she ever got was, she got nothing. She was like, oh. Um, I don't know, what other book did I read? Um, honestly, guys, I don't know. I don't. I put all my books away so I can't go and look. (laughs) With their sneakers on. Oh my god, and then they're like, they all have sneakers on. And then we had a trade with um, Hot Dog Dude for his towel. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay, I I think I am done talking about books now. Let's talk about something funny. Oh my god, y'all. I fucking fell down the stairs today. And like, my lower backish kind of hurts. But I'm not gonna lie to you. It's like the top of my left ass cheek is bruised as a motherfucker. And it hurts. It hurts. I feel really nasally. Uh. (coughs) Oh, okay. I didn't read that, did I? No. I've been lazy. I did not read Dune Messiah. (laughs) <laughs> I have read it, just not recently. That's what I'm trying to say. I did not read Julius Caesar recently either. Oh, oh, I'm not done talking about books. One more thing. I recently switched my major to philosophy, and I'm going to minor in sociology instead of majoring in it. So, yay. Not sure if I'm going to make money with it. Yay. Ew. I didn't like that. I did not like that whatsoever. That sounded fuck. Oh. Oh. I'm so sorry, everyone. I should never... I, I don't know why I thought that was funny. All right. But a lot of my professors kind of specialize in um, Soren Kierkegaard's work. And so I asked my dad, I was like, hey, you know, a lot of my professors sort of specialize in this work, and I was kind of hoping to read this book over the summer. Maybe you should buy it for me. And usually, you know, my parents are never have money. They don't do that stuff unless it's like a holiday or a birthday. I, I, I don't expect them to. It's just like, you know, why not? Shot in the blue, shot in the dark. Same fucking difference. And he said he'd buy it for me. Fuck yes. So I'm going to start reading either or by Soren Kierkegaard in the summer, the abridged version, which is going to definitely have a lot of, I heard that it has a lot of content cut out in the second volume, but I mean, let's be honest, like, I'm a kid, 
we're gonna take what we can get and then I'll deal with the other shit later when I'm going for like a dissertation or something I mean oh I'm sorry something fun uh I can let my phone close now because it still records I think this podcast would be better if you could see my face then it'd be a vlog (sighs) no here's something I want to talk about I'm fucking jealous one of the kids I went to high school with he's I like him he's pretty funny I think he just bought like an entire podcast thing and then he's gonna do it with my friend and she said she was gonna do a podcast with me and my best friend and I'm like, bitch, you know, the fuck? Are we going to be coming on as guests? Or are you buying this equipment for us? Like, what is going on? But he looked like he spent uh, a good amount on it. And I was like, oh, that sounds really exciting. Like, I don't even know if he wants to, like, make money off of it or just do it for fun. But, I mean, to especially have professional equipment and then just literally doing it for fun, that sounds... I'm literally sitting in my room, like, doing this on my fucking phone. Like, damn... Sounds like he's living the life. I'm jealous. Let's just be for real. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm jealous. I wish I could do that. Um, I'm... (laughs) It is, like, literally... Oh, shit. Today's April 30th. Well, today's April 30th, and I still have my snowman decoration up. I still have a lot of my Christmas decorations up in my dorm room. I'm moving out in one, two, three, wait, hold on, one, two, three, four, four days, no, five days, but really it's like four days, because I'm moving out uh, early Tuesday morning, it's Friday today, April 30th, 2021, and, uh, yeah, this room is not packed up whatsoever. I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do because half this shit was in boxes when I brought it in here and then we assembled it. So I don't know how the fuck I'm supposed to... We don't have the boxes anymore. What was I going to do? Shove those up my ass? There is no no room to fucking put the boxes. I cannot believe two people live in these rooms. There is no room for two people. Like, Jesus... It basically just force kids to, like, go go somewhere. Because there ain't no room in the fucking rooms. It's for sleeping and uh, drinking. That's how I use them. Turning on the AC a little bit. It's going to get hot soon. In case you're wondering, I'm laughing because I feel like that's something my one of my sisters would say. <laughs> I don't know, she's just funny sometimes. She's like, like, what are you doing? She's like, let's just say she was turning on the AC or something. Like I was just doing, I'd be like, what are you, what are you doing over there? Like, I'm just turning the AC down or a little bit. Got not near. <laughs> Hey, all right then. Good to know. <laughs> okay, what else is something funny? Things that Will thinks are funny. Uh, my co-host Aaron and Mallory cannot confirm, but I do think that these are funny. <laughs> so, I was watching Trisha Paytas' The Dish with Trish podcast the other day, and her and her sister were just like, um... They're like, hi, I'm Heather with an H. I'm the brunette one. I'm 28 years old, and, hmm, I like this. Oh, no. That's been on my mind. I thought that was, hmm, I like that. (laughs) Like, can you imagine someone just talking to you, and you're a little out of it, and they're like, so what's your opinion on, like, like the fucking Vietnam War or something like that? Some, like, random something. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> I like this. I don't know. <laughs> like, me? 
Yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, me too. I feel that. Me too. I like this. Oh, what else is funny? Oh, today, me and Aaron were playing Mario Party. Mario Party 8 on the Wii. We don't really like it, though, because it's boring. Kind of. We do like it sometimes. Well, we were playing against the comms. And it seems like every single night we're doing something, like, new that's just super fucking funny. Because the night before we were playing and we were like, it's okay, baby, just take your tea. Like, take your medicine, baby. It's time to go sleep now. You know, like, we were a bit... It is what it is. We thought it was funny. Well, tonight we were doing, like, the fucking... You know, when, like, you have to, like, fake a death on the spot or, like, doing those death drops. Mm, I don't, it's fucking telling me about keeping an eye on the clock. How about I keep an eye on your clock? We can't go over an hour, bitch. I want to go under an hour. How about you don't tell me what to do? How about you let me live my fucking life? Jesus. Well, we were just doing death drops every single time they would the other team would because we were on a team we like teaming up and then uh killing the comms they were set to hard very hard is really hard uh on the wii because some of the mini games you have to point and click the very hard comms be like zooming like they're on coke like they got some aim but and like every single time something good would happen to them or something bad would happen to us we would just be like like we would just pretend to die like throw our arms at, on the ground and just like move our head a little bit open our mouth I don't know you, people know what I'm talking about I, I shouldn't be explaining it but um no it was I think it was really funny because I was I was getting all pumped up and I was like okay Aaron I'm feeling this mini game because it was a four player mini game and I was like unless it's the one where you have to like point at the screen and then draw out the the shapes because that's one of the mini games and it was exactly that mini game and I was like passed out because I had five and the comms had like nine or ten and Erin did not get I think she got seven or eight like we were we were we were not having it and then right after that Erin I think she was dueling somebody and she, or some mini game or something like that and she was like you know what i feel really confident unless it's that one mini game and then we we got that fucking mini game and she was like oh hell no what the hell is this it was it was a good laugh but um okay i gotta start thinking of way i mean i got time but like i do have to sort of start thinking about wrapping it up um maybe i'll just wrap it up right now i'll just be like rolling stoners book episode oh yeah by the way i did not forget to introduce this is the book episode this is the library come inside and grab book then you bring back after look you look at book (laughs) book look that's the book look store we go there and then we look at the books ew sounds like butt lick all right again i'm sorry that was so stupid why the fuck did i say that i am so sorry that was awful i want to say funny shit and i feel like sometimes okay let's read some of the stuff i said that i thought was funny Okay, this is a good idea. Don't steal this. It's for Family Guys. For one of their, um, it's, I think it's for, like, an episode, but it's also for, like, a gag. So the gang is trying to help Joe solve a case, because he's a cop, right? And they're looking at his computer, and Peter's running, like, different costumes on the suspect, because I guess the suspect is wearing costumes. And then he's like, first he's this guy, and now he's that one. <laughs> it's really funny. It is funny, and don't call me stupid, because the show has done jokes like that before. Um, I I said that the, oh lord. Oh my god. Okay, here's a good one. I said Will and Aaron are like the guards that chase Aladdin after he steals the bread. 
<laughs> another weird Aaron childhood story. That's also another one. Alarm, alarm. Oh, that's funny. There was an alarm going off when we were recording it, and it said alarm, alarm. Did you know you could save 8% or more by switching to Geico? Arab stick. Oh, here's a good one. Here's how we're going to leave off. There's this gal on her floor. We're not going to say her name. I don't think she wants to be called out. Well, it starts with an N. So N and Aaron both have wheeze. And one night, I don't know what I was on. I was laughing my ass off because I was like, N and Aaron's wheeze are in cahoots. That's why Aaron's uh, remotes are all effed up right now. Because they're all, they're conspiring with N. The wheeze are going to take over. Like, they're conspiring with each other. They're in cahoots. <laughs> exactly. They're in cahoots. They're talking to each other. Like, brah. Your wheeze are going to kill your mom. <laughs> okay. That's too fucking... I need to cut that out or something. I'm actually not going to cut it out. Because um, I don't know how to. And I'd like to post this right after I do it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, that was... I really do think that the Wii's are communicating and like the remotes are because her remotes are so weird like Aaron's remotes all each of them all have their own individual problems and like it's gotten to the point where I know which one has the problem and which one doesn't <laughs> and then I choose some that have problems that I know like some of them like the two button or the one buttons won't go um, when we're playing a game and I'll choose that one because I know what that problem is so I can deal with it better than one of the ones that I don't know what the problem is but they all have one they're honestly they're kind of like um <laughs> Sesame Street <laughs> they're, they're like the Muppets or something they're a little the little remotes are a gang of characters they're a little band oh my god alright uh, later guys thank you for tuning in to this solo episode Listen to our other episodes where we actually have more commentary <clears throat> and we're not doing this at uh, 4 slash 5 a.m. in the morning. All right. Good night. <laughs>